Hi, my name is Scott Schweitzer and I am the Clydesdale. My friends Amy Radowski, Charlie Yodi, Kat Shear love fitness as a sport as much as I do. We are all 40 plus Masters Age athletes who give all we have to lead a healthy, active life. We also want to bring you athlete interviews, human interest stories, and all the news surrounding the sport of fitness. If you like what you hear, consider giving us a five-star rating and writing a review. We are also available with full video on YouTube at the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends Podcast, as well as all traditional podcast platforms. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at the Clydesdale underscore fitness and friends. And now, off to this week's episode of the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. My name is Scott Switzer. I am your host and I am the Clydesdale. We love to do fitness and I got a whole bunch of friends. So tonight we got Charlie, we got Kat, we got Patrick from the Morning Chalk Up back with us again and Amy. Hey, I'm pretty sure that Patrick is going to get uh, the five-time smoking jacket here pretty soon. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think I mean, we're what at four? Four now, Patrick? Uh, sure. Four. I mean, I know we've been working on our merch, but couldn't we work on a a five time jacket with some merch like that the, says like the SNL jacket that they give people? Yeah, who, that's what I'm yeah, talking about. Steve Martin, the Steve Martin jacket. I'll wear it too. Yeah, you will. <laughs> let's let's go. We're gonna work on that. Well, the first thing I want to do is I, I want to throw a shout out to Emma Carey. Um, I posted it on our social media. Uh, but they were so cool to send us a signed shirt, um, thanking us for having her on. Uh, they held uh, the Summer Swolstice 2 uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, and it went off really well. I talked to her dad, and they were really pumped about the competition that they held, and uh, everybody had a great time. And Emma Emma was kind of the star of the show, getting to take pictures with everybody, and, and so that was cool to see. And uh, we want to thank them very much for that, and now it's become a permanent uh, – part of the backdrop of the podcast. So thank you very much, Carrie family. And Emma is seriously getting strong, like very quickly. Ridiculously strong. As we speak. Yeah, I understand it's how. I mean, I understand how, but she's like, I mean, she's very, um, I guess, unassuming maybe? I don't know. She's tiny. Yeah, yeah. She's tiny. that's what I'm saying. It's like, but she's so freakishly like strong and fit. I mean, I, she kind of reminds me of what Haley was when, when Haley was yep. So It's a very yeah. good comparison. If Her not, technique. Mm-hmm. Technique is yeah. unreal. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I cannot wait for the next open to see how she does. It's going to be so cool. So the, we're in the last week of our nutrition challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, the boys are winning by a landslide, I believe. Shut up. No way. Wait a sec. I haven't updated my points yet. Yeah, I disagree. Um, I will say, though, that um, I didn't realize that less than six hours of sleep was a negative one. I thought it was just a one. So I did go back and changed all my ones to negative ones. Um, I don't think it changed any of the prior weeks, but just to let everybody know, full disclosure, I was not cheating. Sure. Sure, sure, sure. They all say. So we just got to finish... What's that? You all look great. So I think everyone can hear this. <laughs> yeah, I, I know the girls are both down two pounds this week, uh, which yep. is awesome. And I had just lost another one, but, you know, it's up Good. to 17, 17 total through nice. the six weeks. That's awesome. Scott, you did see this, but I'm going to throw it out here because I'm going to ha- see if you can just add this on the screen later. But I saw a before and after of Mr. Charlie Odie. And the before was from September last year. And this, just this week, first of all, saw some Mabs. Second of all, dude's looking real strong. Carrie, Carrie Pierce is kicking in? Carrie Pierce yeah. is kicking in. Well, I called Ricky. Uh... <laughs> Ricky. You got some juice? Him and his brother sent me some stuff. I, I can't say what it was, but. 
they come in a uh, in a shaker bottle, <laughs> shaker bottle <laughs> a little test tube shaker bottle unlabeled yeah. shaker bottle <laughs> it was it was completely black and and yeah. no labels on it but you know whatever exactly that's right. oh, you look good charlie real good well guys uh there's a little bit of news this week uh it actually broke over the weekend the first part of the news and that is that the games are going online for the first part uh all 30 athletes on each side the men and women will compete in an online games event and then the top five from that will then move to aromas uh to finish off the part two of the games so any thoughts I think it's a good call. I'm ex- I mean, I'm excited because I think that we've seen that how after watching the Rogue Invitational, how we can see how that has worked. So I'm excited because of, of that experience. So otherwise, I, I kind of would have expected to just say this year was a wash and move on. But I, I think this way we get a little bit of competition to, to watch. Asha was not going to let that happen. Come on, you know better than that. Yeah, no, I, I just, I think from an entertainment to... standpoint, I think it's going to be entertaining. I mean, uh, right now, the dates they release, uh, it, I don't know, but it's seven days. I don't think all seven days will be competition. Otherwise, you're talking about, you know, 21 events if they do like, you know, three events a day. But um, I do believe Dave when he says that it's going to be the hardest competition to date um, because it's in his backyard. So with having that many days with only – 10 total competitors, I can definitely see an event that will maybe one or two days where it's just one event that just smokes everyone and maybe even a recovery day in there. So I don't want to be the poly pragmatist. You don't want to be but, that this time. Yeah. <laughs> hey. But, you know, there, I think they're at a big risk here, right? The online portion is a risk. Because you are supposed to be the Super Bowl of the sport, that that upper echelon of what people expect, and Rogue hit it out of the park with theirs. So now this everybody is, yeah. is going to come compare it to what happened with Rogue, and I'm not sure that CrossFit is capable of pulling that off by themselves. Now, if they get with Rogue and say, "Hey, what are what did you learn from that? What can we put together here?" Um, but but it's going to be compared and it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see if it holds up to what rogue did in in the spring yeah i mean i think everything we've seen from eric at this point i wouldn't put it out of range for him to talk to bill and uh, katie and see how they did it and figure it out that way you well see we did hear the right moves yeah, we did hear that they're not going to have to all compete at the same time. So it's it, it already isn't going to be like Rogue, <laughs> right from the get-go. And so it's going to be people competing like over the weekend. I don't know if they're going to have a chance to repeat workouts or, you know, game the system in any way. I don't know how you sort of publish that as a, you know, for, for viewing. Um, it's yeah. I mean, I think people initially look at it on the surface and say, Oh, it'll be like the rogue thing. That was cool. It is not going to be anything like the rogue thing at all. Well, and some more breaking news today were the actual dates. And so I, I want to give those out real quick. And that is the first stage will be Friday, September 18th and will last two to three days. So that's the online portion of it. Uh, the second dates are October 19th to the 25th. Uh, so that is like six days, seven days a full mm-hmm. week. Uh, so that, that's interesting. Like Patrick said, that's, that's a long time to be in aromas. Um, the other thing is that came, um, I was actually able to talk to um, a games athlete today. An email went out to them with those dates. Uh, and in that email, it did say that uh, there was going to be more information about judging times, equipment, um, all of that information that we don't really know about right now that rogue did a great job because they gave everybody the same equipment. Um, we don't know if everybody's going to get the same equipment. No. Initially we heard no, this email says they'll hear more about it um, in, in the next week. 
the way I interpret it, and like I said, I think Dave said it on one of his uh, live, is that no, they're, they're not going to be providing the equipment. I mean, logistically, that's not going to happen. You don't have the time to send, you know, all that equipment out, even if they already have it. So you're going to see just open workouts, what you normally would see, uh, you know, whatever box provides. Um, and that's, I think that's, I mean, you can't help when you hear online competition, you're always going to hear rogue, especially since they set the standard, but it's just, it, it, it's unfair to CrossFit. And quite frankly, I don't think Castro cares. I mean, he's even said it himself. It's like, it's not going to be rogue. He doesn't care. He's just going to run his event. And he's not going to compare it. And because he's the number one show in town and, and, it, and, and, and it's true. He is the number one show in town. And when it comes to fitness and, um, yeah, I just don't see it logistically them doing any, especially in such short a time. I mean, we have a little over a month for them to set all that up and, you know, half the athletes are overseas. It's, it's a logistical nightmare. Yeah. I mean, I understand all that. I just, I, I wish that they would have not that flippant attitude about it, right? You're coming out of a PR nightmare that you're trying to put your best foot forward and to just say it, that it, that's just that old attitude from CrossFit HQ of, I don't care about anybody else. I don't care what they do. This is what we're going to do. And yeah. I think they just need to be careful about that going forward. Um, I think I, I hear what you're saying, but at the same time, I mean, I mean, if you start listening to all the haters, you're just gonna, you end up catering to them and it's never going to be good enough. So Dave has an expectation. He, he wants to keep this as simple as possible. And by making, you know, this online competition, a complicated matter, um, and a logistic, logistic, they don't have the, they don't have that, that the logistics to handle that right now. It, it comes down to logistics. It really does. And it just, you know, just something rogue planned and they were able to turn around and, they spent a lot of money on it. And, you know, obviously the CrossFit games isn't going to make any money this year. Um, and so what's the sense of throwing a lot of money into something that's not going to make any money. Rogue had the money. Rogue's making money off of that. You know, they, they, they're, they're a business much larger than CrossFit Inc. is. So that's why they can afford to do something like that. Yeah, I think my concern too is that I just with with it being more of like an open format type thing. I, I mean, I don't know how creative they're going to be able to get with those workouts. But are you going to send the five fittest to Aromas? Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. W one thing I think has to be restricted is repeat workouts. It's it's not the games if you let them repeat. I agree um, with that. Yeah, but I mean, you got to make sure someone's policing that at every location, right? Well, they're supposed to be sending a seminar staff to each location. Yeah, so but that's yeah. 60 athletes across a weekend, right? I mean, Rogue, what was Rogue? 20 athletes total? 40. 40. Oh, it was 40. Okay. Well, right. 38, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. 20, Sorry. 20. Okay. I mean, it's just, yeah, a lot, a lot of planning and a lot of thing. And, you know, and then, and then there's like chatter about, are the seminar seminar staffers really the ones that should be judging this stuff, right? There's there's talk about should this be done by, you know, judges that have more experience than that was sort of once a year event thing. That's a great point. Yeah. Great point. I actually was thinking about that today. And then um, you know, the thing that Armin brought up so eloquently is the drug testing. That was awesome. You know, and I, I couldn't, I can't say it better than him. So I'm just going to reference him. Yep. He, he brought up my boy, Leftris Tiafanides, uh, who I made a vow I wouldn't speak of again. Um, and yet I've had to speak about him about three more times this year. So, uh, but yeah, check that out. Check Armin's channel out for that. Cause he really does kind of eloquently talk about the, the holes in the drug testing. Uh, for you, you may have stolen, you may have stolen my favorite thing on the internet this week. Just saying. Yeah, you can still talk about it. So go ahead. Uh, the last thing about that uh, that I wanted to talk about is uh, when I was talking to the games athlete today in their email, it did say that they have received uh, one proposal 
for uh, from a network to broadcast and stream the games and that they're expecting a few more. So that's really good news because last year we had none of that mm-hmm. uh, at a games that was held traditionally. Um, this one's going to be kind of chaotic and yet they still have proposals, uh, at least one legit network proposal and uh, more uh, supposedly on the way. So that's a really good thing. Yeah. And that, you know, the, if and when we get to Aromas with those 10 athletes, it's going to be epic. Like, I can't wait to see it. So I'm, I'm glad that there's going to be some access there. From a coverage standpoint, it'll be easier with a smaller group. Oh, yeah, for sure. Good camera angles and... Yeah, and you'll get, I mean, all those those 10 athletes are going to get so much exposure. It's going to be so good for them. Again, though, the logistics. Um, we all saw how, I mean, if you look at the 2016 games... Uh, when they did the trail run, it was very limited in terms of coverage because, you know, the only way you're going to be able to cover that is if you put camera crews at very, at every, or cameras, live cameras at every like critical point, or you have a very talented drone operator, uh, which the, the network I heard um, that made a proposal has the ability to do all of that. So um, yeah, but um, I mean, uh, kind of go back to, the whole point of like, will the five, 10 fittest people, you know, make it through an open type online thing. Um, I, I think so, because if you look traditionally at the open, if you look, if you take the open from the last five years and you take the top five in each men and women's category, those are, they're usually athletes. Yeah. There's no, there's hardly any outliers. Um, so, I mean, this year, one of the outliers might be, someone like Jeffrey Adler, but I mean, he's obviously fit. I mean, he beat, you know, but, um, but so I'm not too concerned about the online. I still think it's going to weed out some of them, even if they are traditional open workouts, which is fine because that means when they get to aromas, they're going to, they're going to face non-traditional open workouts, which is that's ultimately, that's what we want to see. We want to see them doing that grunt work, carrying those odd objects, uh, doing stuff we, you know, normally don't see at a, at a CrossFit gym. So um, yeah, it, it'll be interesting, but like, I, like all of you, I'm excited to see, you know, five people, you know, my, men and women, you know, 10 total, just going at it for five days, six, seven days, however. Well, I'm going to be penny positive instead of poly pragmatic over here. <laughs> um, here's the deal. I am feeling so excited that there is some type of possibility of a season when I am hearing left and right you know, hear about not having football season, not having this season, not, you know, the fact that we are able to figure out some way to have some type of, of season in a safe way, I'm all in. So I'm excited for that. Yeah. And, and speaking of uh, competitions coming up next week, the Masters Fitness Collective is happening in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And I wasn't sure that it was actually going to happen, but like I said, it's, it's happening and Scott and I are going, it's going to be awesome. So is Patrick. Oh yeah. And Patrick will be there. So we're, we're a week out and it's still happening. Yep. And talking uh, I, I just wrote an article on the safety protocols and, you know, having someone like Bobby who, who makes his money is his regular job is he runs uh, senior assisted living community. So that guy knows about the safety protocols. Uh, he has access to technology and tests that no, most normal competitions won't have. And he has the medical staff. I mean, he's bringing a lot of stuff, a lot of his knowledge from, you know, COVID-19 to this competition. And uh, talking to him, he seems very excited about it. Um, Morning Chalk Up's teaming up. We're going to be providing some coverage. The Buttery Bros are going to be there. Talking Elite Fitness is going to be there. You know, you guys are going to be there. So all the, the who's who of media is going to be there. I just, I just can't wait to get on the floor and watch some fitness. It's going to be so fun. Yeah, it's going to be, I'm really looking forward to it because, you know, we're so used to the the volunteers, the people, those of us who volunteer, when you get to go hang out with your friends, right? Even though we have to wear masks and we have to do all that kind of stuff, it's at least we get to go hang out with our friends again. You know, I've missed that. Yeah. And I, I mean, you know, last year, I think I judged at like six or seven events and this year I've judged at one. (laughs) So like, this will be my second event of the year. And, you know, normally I would have been 
you know, four or five deep and then maybe even the games this year. So I'm just, I just cannot wait. And I haven't traveled anywhere since March. So I'm just excited to get out of the house. And I was, I was talking to Tommy about this. I'm like, Tommy, who would have thought that our first trip right? would be to Fort Wayne, Indiana <laughs> of all places. I mean, this is something me and him were, all of us were, you know, morning chocolate. We're talking about our trips to Australia, to Denmark, to the Netherlands, you know, to Egypt, you know, Spain, Italy. And now our first trip is Fort Wayne, Indiana. But you know what? Hey, I'll take, take it. Take it. It's a five-hour drive from St. Louis. It's, it's going to be fine. Yep. I can't wait. Yeah. Hey, Charlie, if they run out of athletes for the Masters. Um, Let's go. Are you, you in? Let's go. Let's go. Okay. You heard it here. We'll volunteer. <laughs> you got your Ricky juice. You're ready to go. <laughs> That's right. Well, another competition has gone on recently, and, and Patrick has been covering this for the Morning Chalk Up, uh, but the Titan Games crowned their two champions this week. And both of them, CrossFitters. Uh, and more CrossFitters were in the finals. I mean, it was, it was obvious that the fittest people in the world in that type of event, odd objects and things like that, CrossFit's a great training ground for that. Yeah, Matt, Matt Chan, Danny Spiegel, they did a great job. Um, I hope CrossFit takes advantage of their titles too to try to broaden their audience a little bit. Um, I was excited that they even posted something about it. Um, that would have never happened pre-tweet, right? Uh, I mean, not ever. So I'm so, <laughs> that's, yeah, PT. That's like the time before. Yes. Um, so I'm really excited that they did that. And, and what a great opportunity to sort of get this sport more mainstream, right? Which, I mean, I know we all think that it is mainstream, but we are such a small percentage of the population that you know live and breathe it and there's so many other people that still don't know about it or don't understand it so i hope they like you know glom onto that and and really take advantage of the fact that we've got you know these champions that were on network tv well if using the whole network tv um the numbers haven't came in for that episode yet but the prior episode had 3.7 million viewers now 3.7 million that's those aren't all crossfitters those right all exactly yeah so the brand it's out there. So even though they weren't using their term CrossFit, what's going to happen is people are going to look the, look up these people on their media, uh, social media, and they're going to see their CrossFitters. They're going to see them training. They're going to see them outside of that, that spectrum, that, that produced package that NBC does so nicely for them. And then that's going to bring them along. And I think the new direction that CrossFit's going to, and like you said, the, that Instagram post caught me by surprise as well of them retweeting that. And, um, and it also shows that it wasn't CrossFit that was denying NBC the use of the word CrossFit. It was probably the other way around. Yes. But, um, right. but it's great. It's great to see that. I, I you know, um, another piece that we're working on is me and Tommy are working on our takeaways. And that's one of the takeaways that we're getting is that it's, it's giving CrossFit a, a chance, especially to athletes to kind of just, you know, branch out and find you know, a bigger audience for them. And that's good for them because I mean, a lot of them are turning this into their livelihood and what better livelihood is that is, so, I mean, they're making their livelihood off of social media. So this helps. Yeah. hundred, hundred K I'll take it. Like, that's great. It's good for them. Yeah. Especially nice in prize this. money. And yeah. Yeah. And, and they didn't. Heavy, and a heavy trophy. Yeah. I was joking with Matt about that, about like, I think that might've been the hardest event in the final test was lifting that trophy. And he, he agreed. He said that trophy was very heavy. That's great. Do they get to keep that trophy actually? Uh, they, they haven't received it, but apparently they do get to keep it, but uh, they, neither of them actually went home with it. So yeah, I don't know. Um, I think they're going to get it just a matter of when. Well, it might be maybe the NBA a, maybe a lighter away. replica. Right. The NDA would be given away if you have a big trophy sitting in your house like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, think that, I think that's part of it as well. Yeah. Um, and they both dominated. I mean, it wasn't, I mean, Margo was right with, with Danny until she crashed oh. first into that wall. Did you see her back? Yeah. Like where, totally where did up. that come from? Was that, I mean, that, that wasn't running into the wall. It must've been from something else. I, yeah. I thought she was going to break her shoulder when I saw her hit that. I'm thinking that was oh, scary. No. Like, because remember Danny, uh, you guys 
Scott, you had said something like maybe something happens with Danny's shoulder. You know, I predict that that, that might be a cause or a result of that show. And I'm thinking Margot might have broken her shoulder. <laughs> yeah, I, I picked Margot thinking I picked Margot thinking that Danny hurt that's where she hurt her shoulder. Right. And uh, I was wrong. <laughs> well, I, I was worried Margot was gonna have a concussion. Yeah. That's that why that's crazy. The yeah, but still. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Matt Matt. Yeah. Oh, Matt ahead. had this idea of just getting on his butt and using his leg strength. That was, you know, he, he had it figured out. And, you know, like I said, he's a fireman. So he's used to, he's used to busting things and busting down doors and busting through walls. So that was no small, uh, that was easy for him. And we need to point out he was a master's athlete. Yes. Cause yeah. he's 42. This guy there. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And he knows how to swing a hammer being a fireman too, exactly. which, which helped a lot in that event. Clearly. Yeah. He might have been yeah, fun. the most unassuming athlete after uh, Will Sutton. Um, I mean, if you saw Matt, I mean, Hunter Strong. Exactly. If you saw Matt, you wouldn't really think that guy was one of the fittest men in, on earth. He is fit. I mean, he's built, but you wouldn't think some of the guys he went against and some of the people in that final, you know, yeah. So that just shows you CrossFit. Yeah. So the next thing we want to talk about is the We Belong CrossFit movement real quick. Uh, and cause I've kind of participated in that a little bit and I've helped out with it a little bit. Uh, but it's really Athena Perez's dream, uh, her vision and her passion, but it has gotten so much pub, um, recently. I know you guys featured it in the morning chalk up a little bit, Patrick. Um, but it's, it's just a, you know, no matter what shape size you are, we should all belong to CrossFit. And there is an Instagram page called We Belong CrossFit. And uh, the most inspiration part for me, inspirational part for me, is when Athena asks people to send in pictures of themselves so we can show people what CrossFitters look like. And she got, it seems like 100 pictures, maybe more, that she just started running over and over again. And it was really cool to see all the different types, shapes, sizes, colors, um, of people that are CrossFit. And I think, I hope, I hope that CrossFit sees that as a way to kind of reach out uh, to the general community. I think it's a, it's, first of all, I think I, I love the idea. I love the fact that it says like, we belong. Like, I just think that is just, it feels good. It feels so positive, but I think it's also an important thing that we're doing right now. Um, certainly she sh um, has shared par parts of her story about um, weight loss and the challenge of being um, a larger athlete. But I think just also we belong is also like being, we are welcoming so that athletes, um, of all colors and sizes, as you were saying, absolutely belong in, in this, this uh, hub that we call CrossFit. And so I, w I wanted to bring that up in another way because Loud and Live just made an announcement that, and I think Patrick, you did this article too, <laughs> um, that they are taking applications for a new kind of demo team. Uh, and that is a demo team of all fitness levels, all shapes and sizes. So that masters. they, what's that? Including masters. Masters, beginners, intermediate, um, so that they can test their events through all levels. They can demo their events with all levels of fitness. Uh, I think that is a huge step in the right direction. Guys got anything? Well, I, agree. I, I, I think I was one of the first people to send in my application. I want to do that. Then you can't judge. Why couldn't I judge? Uh, it's, uh, I guess, I guess the, the, the fine print said you couldn't compete. So maybe. Right. I would argue that a judge would be a great person to do the demo because you can sort of influence the workouts and how they're judged and what's easier, what's harder, that kind of thing. So. I hope I don't get discounted because of that, but um, why wouldn't you want to be a part of that? Like, I just think it's cool. I'm, I'm guessing sure. it's for like video demo, you know, it's not like in person before the event kind of a thing. It's, I think you have to, you get tickets to all the events as part yeah, of the demo I team. I think it's yeah. for, it's um, uh, traditionally um, 
like I said, they do have a t uh, team down for Wadapalooza that demos a lot of those. They bring in athletes. And then, um, but when I judged down at Wadapalooza, they didn't have an actual demo team um, on site that demonstrated the, that the events to the teams. So I think they want someone that can encompass both, that can do the videos, that can come in, test the workouts, and also show up for the events. To hence, you know, one of the reasons why you would be ineligible to compete because one, you knew, know the event, and two, you know, you're, you have another job. So uh, they would, you know, it's more legitimate. It's just like in regionals when they have a demo team, you know, obviously those demo teams are, they're showing the movements and they're, you know, they're, they're, <laughs> they're doing all everything that the athletes uh, are supposed to do. And it, so that way they can see a, a proper demonstration in the right form and everything. So I think it's a great move. It's a great move in the right direction. And I think for the community, it's, it's pretty neat. I like how they're, they're reaching out to different divisions, different skill levels. So it's just showing that, Hey, you know, we're just not catering to the elites. Um, and that's what loud and live is trying to do. If you look at all the loud and live events, uh, they have multiple divisions, whether it be adaptive athletes all the way to the masters. So it's showing that they're they're taking their season, their five, their five competitions seriously. And they they in order to do that, they want to be legitimate by having a demo team. Well, Scott, you won't be able to do that demo team, right? Well, that's the hope. The hope is that I could qualify as an athlete on. Yeah, because there's a plan about that. There is a plan. Um, so kind of along those lines, I do want to, well, I've already announced, I mean, yeah. on a previous episode that uh, a couple of people who have had journal stories written about them, uh, including myself, possibly soon, uh, we are getting together to, to form a beginner team for Wadapalooza, uh, but we have to get through the qualification process. So not counting my chickens yet. But speaking of journal stories, just real quick, uh, just to let you guys know, Kat and I are doing a little spinoff podcast uh, that is launching on August 25th, and it is called Beyond the Journal with the Clydesdale and Cat, and it is going to feature journal stories, those documentaries that, uh, having been through the process, they film you for two days, they interview you for hours, and it gets cut to about 10 minutes. We want to fill in those gaps. Um, we want to do the, this in a long form, like an hour long interview with the subject of that journal story to find out everything about that person, all the struggles, all the hurdles, all the obstacles that they overcame and the successes that they're seeing today. Plus a lot of these stories uh, were done 2018 or before. So we want to see where they are today uh, and, and how they're doing. So that is launching August 25th. We've already filmed our first episode. Uh, we're just kind of getting some things in order before we launch. And do you have anything else to say, Kat? No, I was just going to say that, you know, I think the person that we, uh, that we feature in our first episode too really appreciated the opportunity to sort of fill in those gaps, right? I, I feel like the subjects of these documentaries have something specific that they want to get across and, aside from being recorded, you know, you don't, you're, you're not in there editing, producing and things like that. So, um, and not that um, this person was super thrilled with his documentary and, you know, how it turned out. But um, I think just having the opportunity to, to sort of clarify some things or, you know, emphasize things that maybe didn't get covered um, was cool. And it's nice to just see where they are now. Like I'm a big fan of, you know, you see these amazing stories and you wonder like, okay, it's been three years. Are you still, are you still clean and sober? You know, have you, have you kept the weight off or, you know, have you, you know, overcome your demons? Like whatever it is, or do you own a box now? Like, what are you doing? Are you still crossfitting? It's just interesting to see, you know, how things progress. I'm really excited about it. And we were able to ask like what their reaction was when the documentary came out, what, what happened to them when all yeah. that happened? What, what, what did they experience? And, and you don't get to see that in the documentary because it happens after the fact. Uh, right. And this person was super excited about what had happened and, and it's given him a lot of opportunities that he wouldn't have had otherwise. So, so that kind of cats out of the bag. It's a male, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. but uh, you'll, you'll see who that is. Uh, we'll launch that on August 25th. Yeah. And if you guys have ideas on, on people that you think we should follow up on or documentaries that sort of moved you, you know, especially that you would love to see a follow up on, let us know. Can't wait. Sounds awesome. We're excited. 
And so now we're going to get to some of the fun stuff. Um, Today, I watched Talking Elite Fitness's uh, Podium Picks, and um, it was their top sports movies. And I don't want to get into a big deal about this, but they, they have a tendency, Sean and Tommy have a tendency to just set me off with a couple picks on those podium picks real quick. And when you put Rocky as like Spirit of the Games or Dark one, it didn't make the top three. Like I was already lit up. Because Rocky is the greatest sports movie ever. End of story, no doubt. And to put it out of the top. And then Tommy put Rocky four in the top three. No. Which, okay, it's a good movie, but Armin has shown how ridiculous Rocky four is. Rocky one is actually believable. So Rocky three is believable. Club <laughs> Lane is the greatest athlete Thunderless. of all time. Yeah. Lips also. Was Karate Kid in the top three? No, it was not. Ridiculous. Um, I actually have their list. Ralph Macchio, come on, dude. If you want to know who theirs are, the top threes for Sean were Caddyshack, number Negative. three, Bad News Bears, number two, and Slapshot, number one. Tommy's mm, were Remember the Titans, number three, Rocky yeah. Four, number two, and The Sandlot, number one. Okay. I agree with Sandlot, and I agree with, did you say Remember the Titans? Yeah. Okay. And I'm going to add Rudy. Yeah. I can't believe no one said Rudy. And if, it, if it wouldn't have happened at Notre Dame, I might have said, okay, okay but. Listen. No, none of those were my top choices. All right. Let's hear them, Patrick. Um, in no particular order. Uh, any given Sunday. Um, I love that life and interest speech that, uh, that he gives, um, the program. I don't know if anyone, you remember that mm -hmm. it was about college football. It was kind of, a, it was comedic, but it was, you know, at the time when, you know, I'm, I'm a former college football player. So that really influenced me like through high school when that came out. So, um, and then miracle, you know, oh, okay. that's yeah. yeah. I, that's a good one. Yeah, so miracle, just actually, miracle probably would be number one the only reason why and i'm not a huge hockey fan i mean besides i'm a blues fan but um the reason why that means so much to me is because i was working at espn at the time and espn is owned by disney and that was a disney production so as a as a present to all of the uh espn employees they rented out a movie theater and invited all the espn employees for the grand premiere showing of that it was actually it came out we what we saw it like a month before it came out in the theaters and it was really cool because I thought, you know, it was really neat that they did something like that for us. And they have free popcorn. I love popcorn. So that's another reason why it's probably my number one because of free popcorn. Oh, who's in the program is Omar Epps. Yep. Mm. Omar Epps. Okay. Now See, we're and, and, and my idea of a sports movie is like Jerry Maguire, <laughs> which isn't really a sports movie, but. <laughs> is Bloodsport a sport movie? Uh, Sure. Loosely. Yeah. So I, I had I had I had Rocky, the natural field of dreams, and then just outside the fighter. The fighter is a very underrated movie. Underrated, yeah. Yeah. What was that, Radowski? You had something to say? I'm say I just I'm writing it down. I'm saving it for when I talk later. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, I just wanted to make make a comment about that because uh, I guess they accomplish what they're trying to accomplish, Sean and Tommy, because they always get me like fired up about whatever their choices are on that, that thing. I just wanted to, to say that. So uh, real quick, we, I just want to remind everybody that we have a giveaway going on. Uh, there's two ways to win. You win a choice of your shirt that we have in our merchandise line. You, and you get a coffee mug, campfire coffee mug, and five stickers if you like comment with two friends and subscribe to our YouTube channel and subscribe and like, or uh, follow the Clydesdale fitness and friends, Instagram. The other way is to post a picture of you doing something that makes you feel Clydesdale fit, meaning just strong. You can do anything and you're just putting in the work and getting stuff done and just hashtag that with Clydesdale fit and tag us in the post. And we'll draw randomly uh, Sunday at noon uh, for those two prizes. Scott, can you give an example of Clydesdale Fit? 
So for me, uh, like back squatting 470 pounds, yep. posting yep. a video of that, that makes me feel Clydesdale fit. Nice. But okay. anybody can be a Clydesdale. It's whatever makes okay. you feel strong and makes you feel like you're getting the work done. So I don't want to, I don't want to cast that on anybody. It's whatever you feel when you feel big, powerful, and strong, like a Clydesdale. So now we're off to our stupid questions of the week. And our first one is uh, just a kind of a fun one. And it is the best concert you ever attended. Let's start with Charlie. All right. So it is, is 1984, Victory Tour, Jackson 5. Oh, wow. In Detroit. <laughs> yeah. yeah Seriously. Why did we start off with that? Way to go. <laughs> wow. State of shock. Yep. It's fantastic. Still remember it to this day. I bet. What a cool opportunity. Who'd you go with? Uh, my mother. Actually. Yeah, I, I sure hope so. <laughs> someone an adult, at least some adult. And my girlfriend so, at the time. Was yeah. Fine. Yeah. So was that like, like nine? a was that like a mother son thing outing, or did the bunch of the family go? How'd that work? No, it was me and her. Just her. Cool. Yeah. What a great memory. Yeah. Cat, what you got? So I have um, my daughter and I, uh, Bruno Mars. The 24K tour. Took her for her birthday a couple fall seasons ago, whenever that was, up in Philly at the, uh, I don't know, TransUnion Center or something like that. We had terrible seats, but it was awesome. The guy did not stop dancing the entire time. Um, and we were dancing and just had a blast. So, Patrick? Oh, this is, it's hard because I've been to so many concerts because I help out with, um, with um with you know doing photography for any concert that comes through st louis so um but i guess if i had to if i had to pick one that i didn't work at or was employed because that, that kind of ruins it because i'm usually backstage or i get to meet the person or something like that um but i guess as a fan just a straight up fan oh man um it gosh it'd be a tie sorry it'd either be digital underground at uh, Copper Dragon in Carbondale, Illinois. I saw them in 1999 um, or Avid Brothers at the Red Rocks in 2015. Mm. That would have been Red, Red Rocks wins. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Make that decision I don't know. Digital Underground, <laughs> uh, ooh, the, the, the Humpty Dance, that was something. Oh. Yes. Yes. Like a pickle, still getting paid. Yep. <laughs> yep. And then uh, – yeah, it was right after Tupac died. Not well, not too soon after. So that's where Tupac originally got his his start with as a roadie for you know. So they 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 played a lot of Tupac songs in memory of him. And you know, it's a it was a small, very a small venue, and I was front row, and I was, you know, yeah, I was during my Hennessy days. So, but it was it was a great time. But uh, yeah, two different types of concerts, but both are, you know, equally favorite. Okay, well, I'm giving two, and here's why. Because Scott Schweitzer never follows his own rules on his own show. When he poses a question or something, he always has two of something, even though he asks for one. So at my family dinner tonight, I was talking about the questions that were going to be asked, and it was going to be favorite concert. And one of my kids mentioned one that I'll bring up. And I was like, of course, that's the one. And then my son was like, it's not this other one that we went to. And I was like, makes a lot of sense because y'all know I love Australia. <laughs> really? Am I right? So the Wiggles, when Nathan was three years old, I saw the Wiggles. Wiggles. Same. All right. The Wiggles, by the way, some of them are still around. They're from Australia. And here's the cool thing about the Wiggles. They all met in college because they all were studying early childhood and they decided to get together and have a band. So that's cool. Okay, I love how you just said the coolest thing, the cool thing about the Wiggles. That's like yeah. a very odd phrase. <laughs> yeah. No. Nerd. I, hey, cold spaghetti, cold spaghetti. 
hot potato, yep. hot potato. All right. Then I was surprised with Charlie's answer because my actual favorite going concert going was Janet Jackson. Justin Timberlake. Oh yeah. And here's why it was so amazing because we went with this big group of people and like we all went out for drinks and stuff beforehand and Charlie and his wife and um, my husband and I were walking in together and Charlie's like, Hey, Hey guys, come over here. And we go over there and he's like, Hey, this is my friend. So-and-so they slap wristbands on us and we had floor seats. And I was literally, I, I mean, I thought I became impregnated by Justin Timberlake just through osmosis that night because wow. I was that close. So okay then. Well, on that note, let me go ahead and do mine. <laughs> me too. I, I I almost was too. Yeah, he was too. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, <laughs> was so. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So yes, I did pick two because <laughs> I have I have my personal one, uh, which is U two is my favorite band in the world. Uh, I've seen them several times, but usually it's in a stadium tour because they've gotten so big, uh, but. Uh, in the early 2000s, I saw the All That You Can't Leave Behind tour, actually in Nationwide Arena, and uh, was really close, and it was flipping amazing. Uh, you didn't get and, pregnant, so you weren't that close. True. True that. Uh, and then my other favorite one, and it's probably become my favorite one now, is I took my daughter uh, to see Panic at the Disco, uh, and I went in, and I didn't know that I'd like them. And then once I saw them in concert, now I'm like their biggest fan. I listen to them all the time. I listen to all their albums all the way back to the beginning. Uh, but yeah, Panic at the Disco, they were freaking amazing. That guy can sing the phone book. Um, he actually did a Bonnie Raitt song while suspended above the crowd playing a piano. It was unreal. Unreal. Wow. So I need to, I need to, I need to show you, share you some, um, some videos and, um, some pictures behind the scenes or actually in concert with, uh, JT last time he was in St. Louis. Yes. You would, you would be so jealous and envious of me. I can't wait to see him. Just, just send them on over. <laughs> All right. So let's slide into our best, our, what our best personal CrossFit moment. So let's start with Kat. Uh, bar muscle up. First time I got a bar muscle up. I have it on video. I know exactly where it is on my phone. It's marked as a favorite. I've shared it many times. I did two in a row my very first time. I was practicing for years and years with a band. And my biggest complaint at the box that I went to was that all the bars were too high. And so it made it very hard for me to sort of get that really good first swing because I was spending all my time jumping up to the bars. And we would, we would put out, I would put out 12 inch boxes with like gymnastics mats over top. So I had like a long runway to like get to these high bars. And then they finally um, installed a second rig like on another wall. And there was one bar that was like perfect height. And I was in a class and I saw the bars and I said, I'm going to try that ring, that bar muscle up after class because I'm old and I have to get warmed up first. So we did the workout, whatever the wad was. And I walked right up to that bar and I did two bar muscle ups. And then I got down and I said, someone said, let me get a video of that. And I was like, yes, please get a video of that. And so got a video, did it again, two times. Awesome. Favorite uh, moment. Amy. Well, mine also includes bar muscle-ups, but it was, um, and I think it was a 2016 Open um, that called for bar muscle-ups, and all the coaches would usually do the wad, like Friday Night Lights. Remember that, Scott? Okay, so there was one where worst I was going- Worst time in my life. Worst time. <laughs> it was Friday Night Lights, and it was I was just going with two other coaches, and they were, you know- pretty pretty well versed with with their gymnastics movements and so they're they're just getting all theirs and everybody was you know happy but the cheers in the gym that night were more for me because I was getting bar muscle-ups but maybe I was doing one and then coming down waiting two minutes and then getting another but just the atmosphere of the cheering like knowing that wow they're actually cheering um, for me and excited for me because I'm accomplishing this rather than them being like yeah they're they're good and they've got this so that was exciting for me Patrick. 
Um, mine, it was going to be bar muscle up, my first bar muscle up, but um, actually my first, my, my favorite moment is uh, last summer, right before the games, um, I deadlifted 490 pounds. So I was pretty, pretty happy with that. And then of course, I wanted to go for 500 and then I uh, strained my back. Yeah, I uh, tried to do a, a Sam dancer where I kind of like, you know, just jackhammer. Yeah, just try to, you know, bring it past the knees and kind of bring it up. And uh, and I, I strained my back after that. And um, But I was still proud of that 490 deadlift, especially at, you know, being 42 years old at the time and getting a PR. I mean, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. And it, it went up pretty easy, that 490. So I guess I got a little too confident and then also uh, didn't take enough rest. I thought the adrenaline would get me 500. But the 490 came pretty casually. It was just – it was a random class where we're just – we weren't trying to max out. They just said do or get a one rep max. It was just a max out for that day. And it just, yeah, it just worked out. And um, yeah, so haven't came close to that number since or neither have I tried. So, but that that's probably my biggest moment because I really, you know, I really, I'm a, I'm a back squat deadlift type of guy. And that, that was my, that was, that was pretty cool. Charlie. Um, I'm going to say mine was, it was kind of multiple things happening in a day when I first started at our gym. Uh, one of the guys who was a member there was getting married and decided to have his bachelor party. Um, kind of a, his, his bachelor party was kind of a CrossFit theme where we went to three different gyms and did three different workouts in a day. Um, had a little lunch and maybe some drinks in the middle of that but um just that and i was i may have been there a month or two um and, and got to go to that but i think that was that was great in terms of doing movements that you know maybe i was good at maybe i wasn't but um just that camaraderie and doing something with those guys was great yeah that was a blast that was a fun day yeah um so my you know i always have to I have one pre-injury, one pre-injury and one post. So the pre-injury uh, includes Amy. The pre-injury is back when I, when I kind of hit my peak fitness, uh, losing all the weight and had really been like doing two a day, stuff like that. And we did the team series together. And it was the, the event where it was four named workouts done as a relay. And so it was Karen. No, yeah, Karen into grace into diane into randy and all four of us pr'd mm -hmm. our event that day by like not a little like a lot we like we just were on fire that day and there was there was just no better feeling to do that as a team um and to push yourself for the team uh to do that so that was awesome and I was the Randy leg because uh, I love snatches and it just was a, a freaking blast that that day will live forever for me. And then my, my post injury thing is just last fall. Uh, we did, uh, I did a competition with a few friends and my, my push jerk max was two fifteen pre injury. And since I came back, I didn't really lift much. I, I was trying to do lighter weights, more reps, faster and so the first event was a push jerk max and that day i pushed jerk 240 pounds so a 25 pound pr coming back that made me feel like okay I'm, my back is now strong i'm able to do this stuff let's let's push and let's go so those are my two i would say that's clydesdale strong yeah I'm so glad you guys said all this because my original one's going to be my first, my sub minute, 10 minute Fran that I did last night. So. Oh, <laughs> nice. good work. No, just kidding. <laughs> sub 10 minute Fran. I'm still no, working on that. <laughs> yeah. Mine was not a bar muscle up just so you all know. I, but, yeah. Uh, yet. 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 Uh, so now we want to introduce next week's guest. Um, as we told you guys last week, we do a, like a run of interviews to kind of get them all done so we can kind of take a breather for a little bit. 
Um, and next week's guest, man, super, super fun. It's actually two. We have two guests on Monday's episode. Two for the price of one. It is yep. Mike and Sage Burgunder. Woo! Uh, we it's sat down with them for a while. Uh, the two of them are so competitive with each other. Uh, it was just a blast watching them dig on each other. Um, and Mike is so wise. And you can see that um, his daughter is like following in the footsteps and um, supportive of all of his, uh, his processes and the ways he does things. Uh, it was just a really cool interview. Uh, and they were, they were very laid back and very open and honest about, you know, Mike is never not honest <laughs> about things he sees or things he believes. They're both and, uh, sassy. I love it. Yeah. Especially we, we yeah. could have talked to them. I could have talked to them forever. Like if anybody, if we're ever going to have anybody back, like we could have them back every Wednesday night. Like it would be so fun. <laughs> then they'll they were great. What's that? Then they'll get a jacket. Yeah. 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 So the, the best part, that, which is not going to air, just to let you guys know, is we finished the interview and they did not ha know how to shut off Zoom. <laughs> and they're walking around the gym talking about, talking about the interview they just had with us. Um, and then all of a sudden Sage looks at the computer and goes, do we need to turn this off? And we're like, yeah, kind of. And she goes, well, I'm glad we didn't say anything bad. <laughs> Uh, but they were they were a blast and, and a lot of fun. So I hope you guys enjoyed that Monday night because or Monday morning, Monday morning, eleven a.m. Eastern time. That'll go out. So really excited about that. Super fun. And let's finish up with our best thing from the internet. And let's start with Amy. Okay, so it's funny that somebody brought up Jerry Maguire earlier because that was my thing. So I saw a tweet, and it was. Um, Scott, I sent it to you, but was it the Big Ten or yeah, the Jerry Big Maguire was the Big yeah. Ten? Okay, yeah. So it was Jerry Maguire, and it was him, you know, doing the having the um, bag of fish in his hand. He's like, "You guys, I'm leaving. Who's coming with me? It's going to be great. Are you coming?" And you know, everybody in the office is standing around, and so they're like, "The coaches, the players, the fans," and nobody well, no, gets no, no. up. Renee Zellweger is the Pac-10, Pac-12. Oh, yeah, because and she ends like, up standing up and leaving with him. Yeah, uh, but the rest of them are all the other conferences going. No, we're good. You go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> it was a good time. So that's my best thing. Uh, Charlie, uh, since I wasn't there last week, did you guys talk about Mike Tyson already? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did. No, I'm kidding. Uh, CrossFit Mayhem, as you know, does a YouTube thing, um, and I think it was earlier this week they did. Uh, Rich did a workout, the same workout he did in 2010, and they put a split screen and kind of showed his time going against him, obviously himself, um, just to see if he's more fit than he was in 2010. Wow. Uh, spoiler alert, he killed his time that was from back then, as well as the time that actually won the event, which was my man, Josh Briggs. Yeah, he did, he didn't just beat his time like it was over like over a minute I think like he was sitting around just <laughs> hanging out and people were still working out the the best line of that because it was actually one on my list for best thing from the internet is Ben their their videographer mm -hmm. had never seen him compete back then and he's watching the video going Rich I've never seen you rest so much <laughs> <laughs> yeah kind of. You know, Rich qualified for this year's games, obviously, and he said no. But you know what Rich is going to do? Even though he declined his bid, he's not going to do the online workout, but he's going to do the online workouts. Oh, and for sure. It would be so cool to see if he would make the top five that based on be. the online workouts, you know. And it'd be a shame because if he did finish in the top five, you know, him not actually going to represent, it would be – It'd be a shame, but again, it, it add more fuel to the fire. Yeah. True. So, Patrick, what do you got? Um, so, I uh, I don't know if you guys follow Fluffy Duck. Oh, yeah. But he does uh, the Duck of the Week. Is that what it's called? Where, uh, yeah, Ducks of the Week, where he just, he just sits there, eats his banana while he watches highlights. <laughs> and it's, 
the craziest thing ever because I'm a fan of his actually, you know, it, me and him, we, we actually started off kind of like, uh, you know, not seeing eye to eye on things because of a, 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 a meme he put up earlier in the year, but me and him, we were, I, I, I think he's hilarious, but he, um, yeah, this this week was pretty funny. And I think the one, uh, it was someone in a competition, he was doing a snatch and of course it, it fell on his head and he flipped over the bar. Yeah. There was one, someone was in a globo gym and he's hitting that, um, <laughs> instead of doing the, the, the peck machine like this, he's reverse and he's like showing the flexibility and bringing it around his back. And then there's, um, and I think the worst one is uh, there's two guys stretching and one guy's holding the other guy's neck. <laughs> Muck stretches and, and he's on his knees and a guy goes around behind the film and it just, it's not a good look. It's just not saying. a good look. Not a good look at all. But uh, yeah, that, that's, that's some of the funniest thing. And just watching him, watching those clips while eating a banana, it's, it's, it's overall, it's just disturbing and hilarious. At the yeah. same. So, um, I highly recommend that one. Now it's uh, time for the cat. I love his brain segment of the show. Well, no, see, I do <laughs> too. So I can talk about something else. But yes, uh, his little clip, Armin, um, his little clip on uh, on the drug testing thing for for the open was was real good, and it's part of a larger uh, recording that he has. But he like clipped it out and and separated onto YouTube. So. Yes, always have one of those. Um, my second one is I posted another TikTok video. Um, I don't know if you guys saw it, but it was I now on my For You page. So for those of you that don't follow TikTok, when you go on, they give you like this For You page, which is basically like based on your likes and interests, they give you a feed of what you think you might like. And there's this, there's all these, fit, so basically on my For You page, it's dogs, fitness, and keto for some reason. <laughs> so those three things is basically what I follow. But there was a fitness, um, I don't know, person, personality doing all these workouts. And she always wants people to challenge her or like duet her on the thing. And she had, she was doing push-ups on kettlebells. So her hands were on kettlebells and then her feet was on a kettlebell doing push-ups. And she does like one and a half push-ups. And I thought, well, that's weird. Like, I think I can do more than that. So damn it if I didn't go into my garage and I set up the camera. I had to text my daughter to ask her how to do a duet because I have no idea how to do that. It took me like four takes because every time I tried to put my feet on the kettlebell, it would like fall over. Um, finally got the right angle and was able to bang out like four to her like one and a half push-ups. Um, it was fun. So that was my it, favorite It thing. was pretty impressive. I have to it give was. you that. Thank you. Was cool. I, I think I had more in the tank. The song just ended. And so I was telling my daughter, I said, I could have done more. She's like, mom, film your own and then have other people do at you. And I'm like, maybe I will do that. So more to come. You never know. All right. Well, I always, so I always have a list just because if someone takes these and Charlie did as he always does. You have one option. No, no. I got the one <laughs> I've one. got to tell you about because it happened right before we went on the air. Dave Castro went live on IG and he was doing a workout where it was lateral box jumps and he fell off the box. No. He hit the box weird and went ass over tea kettle right off the box. Is he okay? Happened, happened, yeah, he got up and finished the workout, but it literally happened maybe 40 minutes before we went on the air. Mm. So funny. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> but my real, my real, real best thing from the internet is... <laughs> Hard Knocks came back last night. I got to watch football of some kind, some way, some shape. Um, but it was really interesting to see how these teams are preparing for COVID. All the steps are going through to keep everybody safe. It is freaking crazy. Okay, um, so what is Hard Knocks? I don't know what that is. So it's done by HBO every year. It's a documentary of usually one team in training camp training camp yeah oh this, i have seen that but this year it is both la teams so the Got la it. rams and the la chargers Sounds kind terrible. of simultaneous simultaneously Makes is no that sense. the one yeah, where they the show st louis is that the one where they show people like getting cut from the team and like the trainer comes in and like taps them on the shoulder and then they go talk to the head coach well and, this year the okay. trainer would not be tapping them on the shoulder well yeah they'd be he would be at a six know. foot distance going hey we need to see <laughs> hey you, you. <laughs> just put your playbook right there got it i have seen that 
Hey, yeah. sorry. When you're done, I have something to add about sports in general. But the coolest <laughs> thing is the Rams closed all their inside meeting rooms and made an outdoor facility under tents so they could spread out more um, because the walls would, would constrain them too much. Uh, so it was really neat to kind of see that. And the locker rooms are spread over multiple rooms now. And the one guy's a practice team player, and he was going, why am I down here in the, in the projects? I need to be up there in the suburbs. <laughs> it was great. It was great. So I was just super happy that happened. Yes, Amy. The sports thing I was going to say is uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets last night started at 3 p.m. Charlie, did you watch that game? Okay, what time did that game end? 8 o'clock, 8.30? Five. What, team, what kind of team is this? Hockey, uh, ice hockey. hockey. Okay, it's our professional hockey team. Five overtimes. Five overtimes. They the goalie played three games. The goalie had eighty-seven saves. Yikes! Can you believe that? There you go. There's news from Columbus. Okay. Almost three games worth, and only five goals scored. <laughs> <laughs> and one he scored on himself. Okay. So, well, that's our show for the week. Um, we're glad you joined us. Uh, make sure you like, comment, subscribe, do all that stuff. We'd love to hear your comments about our thoughts on different things. Uh, last week, I got some heat uh, for saying that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was a terrible movie. I actually got some heat about that. Um, love it. So, bring it. I love it. And I'll shout out, it's my friend Bacon. He came at me pretty hard uh, about that. Uh, so Bacon, come at me some more. I love it. I love the debate. And we'll see you next time on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. Bye. See ya. Thank you for joining us on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends podcast. Remember, you can find us now on YouTube, as well as all major podcast platforms. Please go ahead and hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you use, and consider giving us a five-star rating. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends.